Hello, and welcome to the Vet Professionals Cat Cafe podcast series. My name is Sarah Caney. I'm an RCVS specialist in feline medicine and founder of vetprofessionals.com. I've worked as a feline-only vet for more than 25 years now and have been an RCVS specialist in feline medicine for nearly 20 years. I decided to set up a virtual cat cafe during the first COVID-19 lockdown in March 2020 as a way of keeping in touch with cat owners and sharing my tips on cat care. The following podcast was recorded as a Cat Cafe Zoom webinar on the 10th of June 2021 and you can watch the recording on the video tutorial page of vetprofessionals.com. Look under the helpful info menu for video tutorials and then click on the Cat Cafe tab. In this session I discuss stress associated with a visit to a vet clinic and how carers can reduce the stressfulness of the experience for their cats. I also share some results from an owner survey that was run in 2020. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. I hope you find it interesting and of help in your pet care. Hello, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Um, I hope you're all having a lovely summer's day wherever you are. It's certainly quite warm here in Scotland, I'm sure. Uh, I know some of you are in much more exotic locations. You're probably having a, hopefully a lovely summer. The topic for today is one that I think is really important for us to consider uh, as clinicians. Um, really important topic for us to know about, which is stress associated with vet visits and I think looking at who is here today that some of you are vets, uh, possibly some of you are vet nurses um, and some of you are cat owners, probably all of you are cat owners, uh, the vets and, and nurses I'm sure as well and I hope that um, this session is going to be firstly um, helpful in terms of sharing with you some new data from a study that we did last year. We're still actually analyzing the data, so it's not quite finalized as you'll see, um, but I can share with you what we found in the survey and you may well have participated in this survey. It was launched in March, 2020, looking at stress associated with vet clinic visits. And then actually look at what we can do as carers and also as clinicians for those clinicians that are present to reduce the stress in, in our patients at the vet clinic. And then obviously we'll have some time for discussion at the end. So for this first bit, what I want to do is share with you some data from a survey that we did uh, launched in March 2020. Um, I think just before we knew that lockdowns were, were coming our way, we launched this Happy Cat survey, which some of you may have participated in and asked lots and lots of questions about um, cat owners' most recent visit to the vet clinic, visits to the vet clinic in general with their cat and also about the facilities that were present in the clinic to support reducing stress in the cat. So whether or not there were, for example, separate uh, cat-only waiting rooms, cat-only wards, those sorts of questions. And we had um, 374 owners that participated with 249, not quite 250, 249 completed questionnaires. So people who answered every single question, which is brilliant. And it did take about 40 minutes to do that. So definitely thank you if you were one of those. Um, but we also had 125 partially completed uh, questionnaires that we were still able to get useful data from. And as you can see, the bulk of respondents, the bulk of participants were UK based, 74% UK based. And there's a lot of data and we're still actually 
um, collating, analysing, working our way through this data. So what I'm going to share with you now should be regarded as provisional. So don't, um, you're, well, you are welcome to write things down, but don't sort of quote me uh, forever and ever based on what I'm going to share with you because that there are going to be, I think, some slightly different numbers in the final analysis for a variety of reasons. So first bit of data to share, there's a few graphs and charts uh, um, in this section, was um, how difficult or stressful was it um, putting the cat into their carrier and transporting the cat to the clinic? And this is something that I think we all would recognise often can be very stressful. And we asked um, people to um, comment uh, with a number between one and 10, see, uh, with the, also the option of not sure. And you can see that actually the, the bulk of responses, if you just look at um, the, uh, the, the charts, the bulk of the responses are on the left, which is basically towards the, the most stressful scenario, severe stress score seven to 10 uh, being um, present uh, for the, the, the most frequently um, chosen answer for this question and the stress seems to be worse in terms of travel rather than than actually being put into the carrier um, and very few cats indeed where it's reported as not stressful at all so maybe just over 10 percent where putting the cat in the carrier was not stressful a bit under 10 percent where travel was not stressful so clearly the travel going in the carrier is stressful from the cat's perspective but it also is quite stressful from the owner's perspective. So that was this question. Now, looking from your perspective, you can see that there are now more people who say it's not stressful. So actually, it's about 20% now of people who say, no, actually, this is not stressful for me, even if it is stressful for my cat. But still, actually, almost, uh, well, probably about a third of people say it is severely stressful. So, um, and I can definitely relate to that with uh, thinking of cats of mine that I've had to transport to the vet clinic um, because they've been unwell or, or needed preventative healthcare checks. So next we asked about the waiting room. Um, so the waiting room for actually many of these people was shared with other animals. So um, I think 50% of, of the waiting rooms were completely shared. There were no barriers, no separate areas for cats. Um, but for the other 50% of owners, there were some degrees of separation. I think about 10% of people participating um, had a cat only waiting room that they were able to use. Um, but again, more often than not, people were having to share at least the same airspace if not all totally sharing, um, you know, visually and otherwise with dogs and uh, uh, other animals potentially coming into the clinic. And the waiting room experience was, was reported as pretty stressful, so severely or moderately stressful uh, for um, almost all of the cats that were recorded here. We also asked what people thought was most stressful about the waiting area. Um, was it the amount of time that was spent there? Was it the sight, sound or smell of cats? The sight, sound and smell of other animals or people? The brightness of the waiting room um, or other smells? So this is a rather busy chart. But again, if you look at the blue uh, lines, which are the moderate and severe stress, you can see that uh, the amount of time spent in the waiting room um, at the presence of cats and in particular presence of other animals were things that owners really um, viewed as most stressful. Uh, the brightness of the room, people uh, less certain or didn't feel was stressful um, and perhaps even other smells, they are stressful, but 
the biggest ones really these three ones up here I think the time spent the sight sound smell of cats and other animals and then moving on to the consultation, we asked how, how the cat behaved during the consultation um, and the, um, uh, the descriptions we used here, which are along the bottom here, bold or confident, quiet or calm, slightly fearful, stressed or highly stressed, were actually taken from a survey done about 10 years ago by International Cat Care. So we deliberately chose to replicate um, these um, uh, terms to try and uh, allow us to compare a little bit between uh, these two studies, although that comparison has not been done yet. And what I would say is that um, as a clinician, I would very much uh, want to point out that a cat that appears quiet or calm could still be a cat that is very stressed. It just may be internalizing that stress rather than making it demonstrably obvious to us as clinicians or you as an owner. But nonetheless, 60% of the, the cats um, from the owner's perspective were described as being either fearful or stressed. So more than uh, half of the cats that, that were clearly unhappy during the consultation. We also asked how stressful or difficult it was for the cat to come out of their carrier um, during the consultation. Um, and that, again, probably not going to surprise you, often very stressful. So 70% of, of uh, owners saying that their cats were either moderately or severely stressed at you know, coming out of the carrier. And we asked how the cats came out of the carrier. And I've ranked uh, the results that we got here in um, decreasing order of um, frequency reported in the survey. So the most frequently reported answer being at the top, um, but also I've color coded it as you can see. And the green options that we had, uh, that, sorry, on the left hand side here, are all options that I would consider quite kind and cat friendly, quite empathetic to cats. So that includes the cat being lifted out by their owner, which was the most frequently selected option, being lifted gently by the clinician, by the vet or the nurse, coming out on their own. Well, that is the perfect scenario because we want the cat to feel confident and happy enough to wish to come out on its own. Um, but uh, clearly uh, still only the minority of cats that are happy to do so. And then we have uh, also this cat friendly option, which is in those carriers that can be dismantled uh, if the cat doesn't want to come out, taking the top off the carrier, for example, to facilitate examination of the cat in the base of the carrier. What's obviously less cat friendly and, and I think would be stressful for a cat is being tipped or dragged out of their carrier. Um, and I, I think all of us would agree that that it's never something that we or our vets would choose to do. But unfortunately, the, the design of some cat carriers, particularly those that cannot be dismantled and have a sort of small opening that's not big enough for you to get both of your hands in and gently lift the cat out, for example, that just might be the only way that we can actually uh, get the cat out of the carrier. And then we also asked how stressful or difficult in general um, owners felt that the consultation time was. So the time within the consulting room, how, how stressful or difficult do you think it is overall? And actually three quarters of owners said either moderately or severely stressful. So again, it's really a big concern to certainly the people doing this survey. 
We also asked a, a lot about separate facilities. And I, I, again, I've not completed the analysis on that. So just some initial thoughts and comments from that. Um, but uh, for example, asking whether having separate facilities, so a separate waiting room, cat-only consulting room, uh, cat-only wards, for example, um, whether owners felt that that helped reduce their cat's stress levels and also whether it had an impact on their own stress levels. And you can see that actually for, for both of these questions, about 70% of people said yes, they thought this was helpful to their cat and, and also uh, to them. Um, the stress levels uh, in people uh, not necessarily being lowered, so you can see 20% of people here saying no, it it's, uh, doesn't really impact on me, but, um, but certainly um, quite a lot of people feeling that it did. And I think it, it, where possible, it does help the cats as well. And then just a few final thoughts to share. One was really whether witnessing stress in the cat at the vet clinic um, had an impact on the owner. And very unsurprisingly, I think the answer, as you can see, is yes, of course. If my cat is stressed at the clinic, it does have an impact on me. Um, only uh, just under 5% of owners that said it didn't have an impact on them. And these are not cold and uncaring cat owners, quite clearly. But uh, in the free co comments that were associated with this question, many people in, in this sort of group were saying, well, I just have to rationalise that it has to be done. I know it's difficult, but if my cat is sick, they need to be examined, all those sorts of comments. Um, but for many people, just witnessing their cat being stressed is distressing to them. And what's more, it actually can have an impact on their likelihood to return to the vet clinic. So 31% um, of owners said that witnessing stress in their cat associated with a visit to a vet clinic actually had put them off returning the cat for future checks. And they would only go in if they really felt their cat was very sick and needed to go in. And also might, for example, when it came to booster vaccinations, try and delay them a little bit. So uh, booster vaccinations generally are an annual event. And we had quite a few people comment that uh, they know that it's acceptable to delay that booster by up to three months so that's what they would do as a routine to just try and stretch that time interval uh, between boosters so that the cat was going into the vet clinic as infrequently as they felt they could get away with. So clearly this is an, an important issue for us to consider and that's what I'm going to focus on in the remainder of this session is really looking at particularly for that outpatient visit so not the cat that's staying in the vet hospital the cat that's coming in for a consultation and then going home how can we understand more about what causes stress in our cats and also how we can help reduce stress in our cats and probably one of the big reasons that our cats do get stressed when um, going to the vet clinic is because they love to be in control of their their life control of where they are and what they're doing and if we put them into a carrier and we take them into a vet clinic we're taking away their sense of control and that's quite distressing to them uh, we're also exposing them to unfamiliar sights, sounds, smells, um, you know, lots of stressful different things that cats, you know, aren't normally used to going in a car. They're not used to, you know, having to be uh, examined in a clinic, uh, disinfectant smells, all those sorts of things. So there, there's a lot of sensory overload that's going on in our poor cats that are, are not used to it. So if we start by looking at the travel, the stressful things really here are, as I've mentioned, really the cat 
having its sense of control taking away from it, uh, being taken away from it, and perhaps being put into a cat carrier that is only got out of the, the shed or the garage or the loft uh, when it's time to go to the cattery or time to go to the vet. So this cat carrier is, is always going to be associated with negative events. And then the cat is in it and they know they can't escape and they perhaps have to then have motion sickness, time in a car, um, and uh, all of that can be quite distressing for them to, to deal with. So what can we do that actually helps minimise that stress? Well, I think a first point to mention would be um, that there are a number of different sorts of cat carriers available and it's worth understanding where possible you know what makes a good cat carrier versus a bad cat carrier from from a vet's perspective certainly obviously all carriers have to be robust and secure that the cat can't escape easy to clean um, and uh, durable so not going to fall apart um, but also we want them to be easy for us to be able to put the cat in and remove the cat without any sort of struggle so imagine your cat with a broken leg you have to transport it to the vets you want to have some sort of carrier that will allow you to put it in that safe space so that in the car you don't have to worry about the cat crawling under the seat and getting stuck under the pedals or anything horrible like that um, but that uh, you can lift the cat very gently in and out of so that's why these two examples of carriers are good ones because the top one can be dismantled the bottom one is just it's very boring basket you know you wouldn't win any sort of style awards for this basket but it's very simple and allows this wide opening to get the cat in and out of so what what are bad carriers well i mean this bottom one is beautiful it's lovely and it's probably a, a very popular sleeping resting location for the cat at home but if your cat uh, as per this example uh, doesn't want to come out in a consultation it's actually quite difficult to to get the cat out without some sort of struggle or some sort of intervention so um, it's it sadly is not a very good carrier from a, a vet clinic perspective um, in this top one um, really the main reason I included this photo is because it's got two cats in and the advice generally would be to, to transport cats separately even if they're both going in for their booster and even if they get on brilliantly and they love each other the stress of the journey and the stress of the vet visit might provoke some tensions and some conflicts that uh, aren't normally there and so to minimize that having the cats separately can help and of course the, the carriers can be next to each other in the car if the cats feel reassured by being close to each other also some of these dismantleable carriers are quite fiddly this one you can't really see but it had these little um sort of widgets that you have to you know insert very specifically through the holes and twist and you know they, they're quite um, tricky to dismantle um, so yes a good question I've just spotted in the chat is um, yeah how, how can we help uh, clients if we're veterinary professionals to choose good carriers and I think it's not helped by the fact that there are so many different carriers also available if you look on Amazon as I did a few months ago um, you know you're just overwhelmed with different sizes and different uh, formats of carriers and I'll be honest that the the two that I have bought I would say neither of them are perfect and uh, you know like many people I've just now I've got these and I'm just going to stick with them but I think if you can find a, a carrier that you really do believe is a really good one and you're in a vet clinic then bookmark it tell me as well and that's the one to maybe make available to your clients and if you do have a healthcare plan that people are signing up for maybe getting a suitable carrier is a you know is a, is a good thing to wrap into that care plan somehow
Other things that we can do to reduce the stress associated with travel is to make the carrier less of a, a difference and un, you know, unappealing place for the cat to be. And so there is this concept of what's called carrier training, uh, which you know you can take a a, a sort of to a range of degrees if you like so very basic carrier training is to instead of having your carrier live in your dusty shared attic wherever actually it's just it lives in your house and maybe if it's a carrier like this one um, you take off the lid and the front door of the carrier or certainly you remove the front door you put in some nice bedding and that's in your living room or in your bedroom or your spare bedroom with a few little toys and maybe a few little trees and that's one of the places your cat can go if they just want to have a little snooze or some quiet time away from you and that's just seen as part of their normal environment so it's got all their normal smells on and uh, is not seen as such a sort of alien unfamiliar uh, unpleasant place to be you can take it further than that and international cat care uh, have a behaviorist called uh, Dr Sarah Ellis and she's done a series of videos and this is a screenshot of one of these um, which actually talks through much more extensive cat carrier training with a cat so I think this is actually with her own cat Herbie and it starts off with um, Herbie is obviously very treat motivated if you have a cat that loves dreamies this is the sort of cat that is probably going to respond well to carrier training because it involves giving a huge amount of treats in, re in reaction to certain behavior so it starts off with having just a piece of bedding that you train the cat to go on to and obviously treats are involved in that and then the bedding moves inside the carrier you train the cat to go into the carrier and have the treats in there and there's no door on the carrier and then you gradually move to the door being on and then the door being shut building up slowly so that the cat actually does feel comfortable and happy and this is a perfectly okay place to be and there is some evidence as you can see here that um, uh, carrier training does reduce stress and and thank you for just seeing Louise has just put a comment um, of a good carrier which I will will be looking at I think actually I might know if this one this it might be a clamshell type one which uh, is nice but I will be looking at that later thank you for sharing that so what else can we do on the day of a vet visit? Um, a useful thing to have actually in our house, which I should have pointed out on the slide before, is this, which is Feliway Classic Spray. So I think you all probably have heard of Feliway. This is um, a synthetic pheromone preparation made by a company called Siva. And, and Feliway contains the or Feliway Classic contains the pheromone that cats have in their cheek glands that when they rub on us and they rub on the walls and they rub on each other is sort of communicating that this is a safe reassuring place to be and I, I feel okay this is a nice place and uh, it's available in this uh, very scientifically proven uh, synthetic form as a spray and the spray is not to ever be sprayed on the cat but when your carrier is empty spray the Feliway in, into it leave it for about 20 or 30 minutes and then that Feliway will actually remain on the bedding in the carrier for several hours and it will continue to then just send out reassuring signals to the cat so it's just sort of saying yeah don't worry this is an okay place to be 
Um, covering the carrier so that the cat can hide also can be popular and you can spray your um, towel or blanket that you're covering the carrier with so that again you're maximizing the sort of happy chemicals there obviously secure the carrier so it's not wobbling around corners either in a footwell or on a, uh, a seat um, if you know that your cat um, is a bit travel sick then restricting access to food is a good idea and in fact for many veterinary consultations it's useful to have our patients having not just eaten because we can feel their tummy more accurately and blood tests can be uh, impacted by a recent meal as well um, and just be careful not to sort of overdo the air conditioning with cats they tend to prefer slightly warmer temperature to us so that's the the putting in the carrier and the travel to the clinic um, then once we're at the clinic typically uh, in normal times we would have a waiting room experience and this is something that um, the last year has obviously been thrown upside down by covid in that for many clinics certainly in the uk the waiting room uh well possibly just now is starting to be used again but for much of the past year has been uh, this uh, essentially a corridor to the consulting room because uh clients have not been coming into into most vet practices in terms of social distancing and protecting ourselves from COVID. And from the cat's perspective, actually, avoiding the waiting room is possibly very much in their interest. So I would say if you are, uh, if you do attend a clinic, which is very, very busy and the waiting room is very busy and bustling, quite stressful, it's actually worth asking your vets if perhaps you can leave your cat in the car. Uh, you can report to reception somehow, either by phoning them or, or wave, wave to them or go in and say, hello, I'm here, but then wait with your cat in the car and just go straight through to a consulting room when the vet or nurse is ready to see you. And that will minimize stress in those busy um, situations from the cat's perspective they would love to be the only cat in the world so they if they do have to spend time in a waiting room they want to be in it for the shortest period as possible and they don't want any other people or animals uh, particularly um, you know they don't want any dogs in there coming to, to sniff their basket they want it all nice and calm and quiet so um, ideal cat waiting room takes all these things into consideration, also has some Feliway. In this situation, it's a plug-in Feliway, either Feliway Classic or the Feliway Optimum, the new Feliway, which again, sends all those sort of happy and calming signals out to our patients so that hopefully again, they're they might be thinking this is a bit strange, but it's not too stressful. Providing towels or blankets that are sprayed with Feliway that, that you can put over your carrier. Some vet clinics will do that, but if not, you can take your own and, and that towel or blanket can be useful as a surface for examination when it comes to the consultation as well. Also bear in mind that cats feel safer when they're lifted off the floor. They feel safer at a height. So using either the chairs or shelving, if there is shelving available to lift the cat off the floor, um, it definitely will help to reduce their stress levels. If you do, if you are lucky enough to go to a, a cat only practice or a practice that has a cat only waiting room, then that definitely does cut down stress. But other things that um, can be offered in some clinics and, and which can help are feline only days or times of the day when the clinic focuses on cats so that even if they can't have a separate waiting room for cats, if they can just have cat appointments at certain times of the day, that can help. help. Uh, and uh, also just being more understanding, really allowing people to, for example, uh, wait with the cat in the car rather than coming into the waiting area and really supporting cat owners by advising dog owners on what is stressful to cats and trying to minimize that contact all these things hopefully can help make a difference 
For those situations where you do have to have a shared waiting room, then as well as your fairly way for the cats, um, something that can help the dogs is also made by Siva, and this is called Adaptil, which is the dog appeasement pheromone. So it has, a, you know, again, this sort of slight calming impact on, on the dogs, um, and that can help make them easier uh, sort of roommates, if you like, for the cats. So having that Adaptil within the waiting room as well as the fairly way can help to sort of maximize that stress reduction there. Um, some clinics are very good at separating the waiting room into zones by displays of pet food and other things so that at least the cats can't see the dogs even if the, the dogs are still there. Um, also if you have a big enough clinic that you are not always using all of your consulting rooms then you actually can, uh, uh, some clinics will offer an empty consulting room as a place for you and your cat to wait rather than in the waiting room. So again, you're a little bit cocooned, a little bit bubbled away from uh, the, the hustle and bustle of the general waiting room. Um, and indeed also I know some clinics where um, the reception area is quite generous and the receptionist sometimes will take the cat and the, the cat carrier over to their side of, of uh, um, the barrier so that it's again separated from the dogs a little bit and, and uh, ha hopefully helps to provide a little bit more of a calm waiting area. Into the consulting room, um, again, it's the same principles, so calm and quiet definitely work well. So ideally, your cat consulting room is, is in the quietest part of the building. And if you can have a cat only dedicated consulting room, which if you're, uh, the clinic you attend is a gold standard cat friendly clinic, then they should have a cat only waiting room. And you can, if you're wondering whether your clinic has cat friendly clinic status, that's something you can look up on the website iCat care.org international cat cares website and they have a, a find a vet section and you can look up cat friendly clinics these are clinics that have gone through uh, an accreditation process and there are three levels of accreditation there is bronze which is the, the entry level if you like silver and then gold and the gold standard is the highest standard and these clinics have to offer a separate cat only consulting room and it may not always be possible in those clinics for you and your cat to go into that cat only consulting room it depends of course on the other caseload but uh, again if you know your cat is a little bit anxious perhaps you are able to book that you know, specifically I want to go in the cat only room please because it does make a difference and the, the clinic that I'm linked with is called Ingalls in uh, Dunfermline and certainly they find that at the quiet branch surgery which is nurse run the healthy pet clinic which is uh, this top photo is at uh, the healthy pet clinic the behaviour of the cats there is just completely different to the main surgery where there's this big bustly waiting room, even though they've got a separate cat waiting room, um, just that the stress factor is obviously much greater at the, at the main surgery. Something else that uh, Ingalls have done, which is very innovative, and any of you that have, have uh, heard me talk about arthritis in cats will have seen before, is these steps which are designed to um, observe the cats coming down the steps after they've been weighed and get a little bit of a mobility assessment. Um, so that's quite helpful. And from an um, examination perspective, it's really helpful if your cat consulting room can be made completely dark because that's useful in particular for eye examinations, um, but also if we need to give sedation, it works much better in a dark room. Lots of clinics are um, very good at doing sort of artwork and making things look really 
beautiful for us, but we are learning um, more and more about what cats actually are able to determine from uh, this artwork. And some um, work has shown that cats can actually recognize silhouettes and will recognize them as, as a cat. Um, so um, this silhouette no longer is present in, in the clinic, but when it was clinic, uh, when it was present, you can see this cat's got an arched back. It looks a little bit, um, a little bit aggressive, a little bit threatening. We found that actually quite a few of the patients would uh, walk up to it and hiss. Um, and uh, I think the artwork was all chosen by an agency and at the time it was probably not scrutinized to the level that perhaps it should have been. But now that we understand actually cats can see this is a cat, um, then we're very mindful not to have any images which might be seen as either intimidating or scary to another cat. And perhaps a silhouette of a butterfly or a bird is going to be better than a silhouette of, of a cat, for example. Where possible, um, allow the cat to choose to come out of its carrier. Um, so just opening the door and giving the cat the option is, I think, really ideal. So I put the carrier on the floor, open the door, sometimes remove the door completely because otherwise sometimes they will just uh, close on their own or bop the cat on its nose um, and uh, just whilst the cat is having a think about things is the time when as a vet I'm asking all the questions I want to ask and trying to understand you know why why this cat is here and, and what the concerns are and if the cat does choose to come out then I, I that's the point where I always feel a little bit mean but then I will put the door back onto the carrier or make the carrier uh, uh, unaccessible for the cat to go back inside again so that I can then do my examination. And if doing an examination um, and we want to do blood pressure assessment, that's something we always do first because handling also can uh, increase blood pressure in cats, very much like ourselves, this white coat effect uh, can apply to cats as well. And uh, this is uh, the top picture here is actually the new uh, Feliway Optimum. So it's uh, uh, the new, even better Feliway form that uh, we can use in our homes and in our vet practices. Again, the Feliway spray is helpful in the consulting room. We can use it on surfaces that before we examine the cats. Uh, we do need to um, make sure that we don't spray it on the cat because the carrier it's in is, is not very cat friendly, but the pheromone within it uh, is, uh, is magic to cats and helps them feel more calm. Uh, Pet Remedy is another um, product which is a sort of um, herbal essential oils. Valerian is certainly one of the active ingredients in it, which there's no data to my knowledge that really supports its use in cats and stress. However, anecdotally, I think a number of people, myself included, have found that quite helpful as well. So the pet remedy spray, I will sometimes put on the scales and a lot of cats will go and, you know, rub and nudge themselves on there. They seem to like that. Um, and that can, again, help to just be an icebreaker. Some uh, other general mantras um, for um, cat clinicians would be go slow to go fast. You never want to rush with a cat because that often is very counterproductive. So just want to very gently get the information that you're looking for at a pace which is acceptable to the cat. Um, if you try and restrain them too much or try too actively to, to do things too quickly, it, it tends to uh, go wrong. Um, and if we can allow the cat some sense of control, so the really minimal restraint, really just using you know, our body or our hands just very gently to keep the cat on the table, for example, while, it, while we examine it, so a little bit of distraction while we're doing something, uh, then that works much better. 
cats are quite intimidated by uh, direct eye contact as well. So other than when we're examining the eyes where it's unavoidable, I would avoid staring at a cat, staring it in the eye because that can, can be quite uh, scary and threatening for them. Also, obviously, shushing noises, which some people seem to feel is a natural noise to make to a cat. Uh, is is definitely not a good noise to make to a cat because it's very like a hiss. So you don't want to go shh to a cat because that is uh, is like you're hissing at it. Um, sometimes the clinical surfaces on the tables, which are designed to be you know very disinfectable, very clean are very sterile and unappealing to the cats so having a more comfortable surface to examine the cat on I think is nice and also a bit warmer for the cat uh, bearing in mind again they like uh, things a little bit warmer than us so things like non-slip bath mats are quite good for that purpose and again you can spray them with the fellow a classic have a little pile of them in your cupboard if you're a clinician or bring come in with one from home if you want to uh, as an owner um, and that might be a more comfortable surface for the cat to be examined on other little tips and tricks um, would include, well, those cats that do like treats, a little bit of treat distraction can work quite well. So whether it's dreamies or the webot stick, sticks, whatever it is, um, can, can be useful or little licky licks uh, sessions while something slightly awkward is being examined or perhaps, you know, stitches are being removed from a slightly sensitive wound or whatever it might be. So, so treats, toys, little wand toys with a bit of string on can be helpful as distractors for some cats as well. Um, and uh, usually I would say as well, this part of the cat, the sort of ventrum, uh, the tummy, often cats don't really like us touching that area. So if that's an area we do, we know we need to examine, I would always leave that to the end. Uh, or if it's really a, a big concern, you know, just prioritize examining that and that alone. So try and try and, and uh, leave the painful things to the end or make them the only priority depending on how the cat is feeling about uh, being in the clinic. So again, not being in a hurry, uh, being sort of quiet, calm, um, and uh, uh, very gentle with our patients. You're never, ever going to win a fight with the cat, and it's very definitely going to be stressful for the cat, and future visits will be a nightmare. So just don't go there, really. And if you do have a cat, like uh, poor Hamish here, you can see he's sort of uh, decided, I'm just going to sit under the desk and I'm flicking my tail in complete um, disdain at what's going on. I do not want to come out from here. I do not want to be examined. Well, this is the situation where it really depends on why Hamish is here today as to uh, what I'm going to do next. And it may be that really it's time to absolutely prioritise whatever is is the issue and for Hamish actually was he had some uh, a very sore mouth he had some uh, severe dental problems so really that was the the most important thing to do uh, on this occasion and so I spoke with his owner and said well shall we literally just look at his mouth see what how far we can examine that and we'll miss everything else for today um, unless we feel based on his mouth examination, we need to do more, but let's just focus on really what's the, what's the essential for today to minimize stress. Going forwards for cats that like Hamish are obviously very distressed and unhappy about being there. Also, brings on discussions about what can we do next time to make it easier and there's obviously all the things I've mentioned but there are also other options which include um, giving pre-visit medications that help to reduce the stress and anxiety associated with a vet visit and the one that is um, really 
taking off in popularity in the UK certainly is gabapentin, which is um, a human painkiller. Um, it's uh, designed for nerve pain, so it's a neuropathic analgesic, means it's designed for ner nerve pain and also is used in some seizure management in, in uh, um, uh, epileptic uh, and seizuring patients. And uh, it has been for many years used occasionally in cats for its pain relief function for if the cat was unable to uh, tolerate some of our more typical traditional painkillers in the vet world. And what we spotted um, was that often when uh, starting gabapentin therapy in a cat, that they would be a little bit sleepy, a little bit sedated for the first few days of treatment, although that does wear off uh, after a few days. Uh, someone, not myself, I hasten to add, but some bright spark had the idea, well, actually, maybe we can exploit this sedation side effect because it is a pretty safe drug in lots of ways and use a slightly higher dose or a, definitely a higher dose than we would use for pain relief as a one-off dose to cause a little bit of sedation in the cat to reduce the stress and anxiety associated with the, the visit at the vet clinic. And this uh, very tiny screenshot, which of course you won't be able to read, um, but is from the first paper that I saw reporting gabapentin used, um, a single pre-appointment dose um, used and uh, studying the, the signs of stress in cats during transportation and veterinary examination. And uh, what we know is that it does appear to be very well tolerated and very safe for cats. And it typically, um, when given uh, uh, as per the instructions on this slide um, at home two hours before um, the cat is put in its carrier would be my standard advice um, the cat will be just um, gently sedated so they're not unconscious they're not fast asleep um, in the case of, of my own cat who actually was um, in some of the earlier photos uh, just see if I can find one for you yep this is him so this sooty here had had gabapentin you can see he's completely conscious he still looks in fact a little bit unhappy um, but he he just became a little bit of a slug he was uh, not moving around and he had a slightly glazed expression on his face and that is very very typical and it just allows us still being very cat friendly to to do what we need to do so the cat that previously needed really quite big gun sedation to get blood samples from it uh, or the cat that we couldn't assess blood pressure because it was you know meowing and swiping at us and trying to bite us be really really unhappy with gabapentin uh, can be just you know much much more straightforward and uh, from a blood pressure perspective the good news is that to the best of our knowledge gabapentin doesn't have any impact on blood pressure readings so in other words the readings that we get are true and representative for that cat but we're just taking away some of the stress and anxiety by sedating the cat a little bit. We do know that cats with kidney disease metabolize gabapentin more slowly. So if you do have a cat with kidney disease, um, then probably the lower end of the dose is going to be recommended. And you might find that rather than it being sedation for four to six hours, it's more like eight or 10 hours that the cat is just a bit sleepy. Um, but again, it does appear to be very safe otherwise in terms of uh, uh, body functions. So if you do have a cat that has been stressed with vet visits and you, it's really put you off going 
into the clinic, I would say speak to your vets about uh, the possibility of gabapentin. Um, there are other things that have been used in a similar way. Trazodone is another medication. Um, trazodone does affect blood pressure. So um, I don't use trazodone myself and I found gabapentin to be very, very helpful. But I know in some uh, locations, actually getting gabapentin in a suitable size for a cat can be quite challenging. And so therefore, uh, alternatives might be suggested for you. So in summary, the key principles really from a stress reduction perspective are um, helping your cat to hide because it does often feel safer hiding, using things like Feliway to help provide that sense of reassurance, familiar bedding, um, having the carrier not be seen as this sort of strange and slightly threatening, intimidating um, place for the cat to be, um, and hopefully working well with your vet clinic and um, talking to them if you have any concerns, but also even potentially selecting a vet clinic, which is as cat empathetic and cat friendly as possible. Um, and uh, the Cat Friendly Clinic initiative um, is very, very um, widely adopted now. Many, many clinics that have gone through this accreditation process. So uh, hopefully there will be a cat friendly clinic near you. As usual, there's more information on the website on all sorts of things. Um, lots of these cat cafes that have been recorded now and that you can access and also available um, as an audio. So you can you can do the podcast version if that's easier for you. We're going to take a break from the cat cafe um, for, for the summer now. So I think probably return in September. I'm just, apologies for being slightly vague here, but obviously we'll put some information on Facebook and send some emails around to let you know when the, the next sessions are starting. Um, and as always, feel free to send in suggestions. Um, there sometimes are suggestions which are not the best fit for me. So if you have previously suggested something and it's not come up, it might be because it's slightly outside my prime core expertise, in which case I apologise, but very open to other suggestions. So do, do feel free to do that. Um, and thank you very much for coming along today. It's uh, lovely to see some familiar names uh, as usual. So thank you very much for your support. And uh, I will now have a look in the chat box and see if there are any questions, but also feel free to ask uh, questions. You're welcome to, if you prefer, unmute and ask the question directly if that's easier for you. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to this session. For more information, please visit vetprofessionals.com. You can find YouTube recordings of all Cat Cafe sessions on the video tutorials page. To find the video tutorials page, click on the helpful info menu on the home page. Don't forget that you can attend future Cat Cafe sessions live and have the opportunity to ask questions and show me you and your cat on video if you like. You can read more about how to access these sessions on the video tutorials page of the website. Lastly, if you found this podcast helpful, don't forget to subscribe and add a review. Thank you.